Hey everyone, welcome to the Debatable Podcast. I'm Greg Sadashne. Today's episode, we've got uh, Ryan Thomas. He's a local Baltimore actor. I interviewed him and we talked about uh, his uh, his origins, his inspirations, and uh, and the work he's done with uh, Chris LaMartina and Jimmy George, uh, their local uh, Baltimore uh, filmmakers, as well as others um, that he worked with. Uh, it was a good talk, a, r- a really fun time. I think he's uh, he's one of the nicest guys uh, I- I've I've met um, of that uh, of that group, and uh, he was so forthcoming and so happy to to be on the um, on the show. So uh, yeah, it was it's a, it's a mutual admiration thing. He's one of my uh, he's one of my favorite uh, actors in the area, and it was just great talking to him. Um, a few plugs: uh, debatablepodcast.tumblr.com. That's our Tumblr. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on Lipson, of course, uh, and Facebook. We have our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com/slash/debatablepodcast. Go over there and like us. Uh, one more note about today's episode: the audio um, has a little bit of a, a humming sound. There, we we were kind of. Uh, um, restricted by the space that we used and we had to uh, deal with a fan that uh, we couldn't turn off in the background so we tried to get in a part of the room that was the uh, the furthest away from the fan but it you can still hear that noise in the background so please bear with it I'll try to uh, to maintain a, a quality that uh, that doesn't have fans in the background in the future anyway I uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode have a good one Shake it down your hips so why you keep me waiting so long? going on dude not a whole lot how are you, how are you dude i'm so happy to finally get you on the program dude. i am thrilled to be here yeah yeah uh some people might know you already actually i mm. doubt that <laughs> <laughs> at least people that we know mutual exactly. friends a few a few of our friends know me <laughs> we'll make this the local edition and then you know we'll talk about the the, the grand scheme of things ryan was in a movie with tom cruise um yeah no maybe not <laughs> Ryan, so tell tell people tell, tell the listeners uh, what what you do. What are you interested in, and what you what do you do? Um, well, as far as acting and stuff goes, yeah. I, do, I do a lot of um, the local independent films. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done uh, an episode of The Nightmare Next Door. Okay, um, is that one of your shows? That is one of yeah. That's yeah, what I thought so. Yeah, it is. It um, is indeed. Yeah, so I got to, to kill a woman with a baseball bat in front of her ten year old autistic son on that one. Okay, so that That's was a fun. Bucket list, yeah. checked off. That's <laughs> done. Um, I do uh, some commercials and stuff like that. I also right. uh, help out with uh, producing some of the films I work on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been the casting director on a few things. Right on. 
Um, and so you're and also right. So let's, okay, so let's go back a little bit. Baltimore, is mm-hmm. that where you grew up? That is where I grew up. Born and raised. Born and raised in uh, Parkville, Kearney. Area. Okay, right on, yeah. right on. And uh, so, what was the what was the interest? What was the trajectory that got you into it? Um, my er, absolutely earliest memory is seeing Star Wars in the movie theater. Right on. Uh, I think it was about three years old. I remember actually <laughs> sitting in the car, like my parents brought the car seat into the theater. Nice. And I remember the images from the screen like that at that young an age. Um, and fortunately, my mom was a really big movie fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so even when I was like five years, excuse me, five years old, mm-hmm. PBS used to do for their pledge drives every year, they show this uh, really good making of Star Wars documentary. Nice. So even as a little kid, my mom was always making me watch that stuff to see what really movies were um, so that always really fascinated me and I was yeah. like wow that's, that's really cool to know that and um, when I was in about second grade I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark and that was like the moment where I went that is my thing so you like, went <laughs> you went through that kind of like trajectory that all of us did with uh, the Spielberg Lucas movies yeah yeah. Right on, man. Yeah, yeah, so like indie hit me a lot more than, like, I love Star, Star Wars my thing mm-hmm. growing up indie was really the thing that like no point in my life did I ever get out of Indiana Jones. It was just like that's like yeah. what I want to do. When I was that's seven years old, when I went, if I could do anything in my life, <laughs> going to be an archaeologist it, it would, with a whip. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah, it was really more. I want to make movies. Yeah, that right was like on, the thing right I said. On. I want to make movies. So then I decided. Well, I'll, you know, I heard the story of Sylvester Stallone and how Rocky got made. How, how, and, how did that refresh my memory? He had done a little bit of acting around, mm-hmm. and he wrote the script That's and right. tried to sell it all over the place. A bunch of people wanted to buy it and wanted to put other actors in it. And he right. said, you're not getting it unless I get to play Rocky. Mm-hmm. So in my child childhood mind, I figured that's what I'll do. I'll yeah. write a great script. and uh, um, That took a long time. I <laughs> still haven't gotten that far yet. But um, I kind of I did a little bit of acting in high school. Mm-hmm. Um when I was about seventeen, auditioned for Homicide. Oh yeah. And, uh, well, well, just to, just to, to to back up, how, <laughs> what was the thing that that you thought? Well, this is something I'm going to to make real. Like it, just seeing movies is one thing, but like, what, what was it that you were like? Okay, this is there's actually something that I can do with this to. Um, make it I happen. think like, again, like I, because my mom always had a very realistic idea of what it was. Like uh-huh. I never like as a kid, I didn't really get scared by movies at all because mm-hmm. I always understood that's makeup and. There's a camera guy there, and that person's finishing, and he's walking off the set. And I just kind of really wanted to tell those stories and be. And at at some point, I wanted to. I wanted to be an effects artist. I wanted to write. I've wanted to direct. Mm -hmm. Acting has always been the real thing that I wanted to do. Um, And everything else is sort of just like a pathway towards that. Um, So I was just always obsessed with movies. Right. So it was something that you you had seen the the making of the behind the scenes type of thing. So you knew that these things were actually made by people. These weren't just like stories. Just things showing up on the street. Yeah. Um, Fortunately, there was a movie theater about a mile from my house, Mm -hmm. so we just used to walk there all the time. This is how into movies I was. I think I saw Howard the Duck three times. Holy shit! It was that or an R-rated movie. Holy shit! And I just had to go like every week. So. Right so yeah, so sat through that a lot. And uh, so, also, it was a, Luke, a George Lucas movie. So when I was right. ten years old, I didn't know that it sucked. Right? Were, were you ever? Were, were you? Were you? Was your mother ever really uh, um, uh, stringent about the ratings with you? Um, she was kind of uh, for a while. Um, I say because I had a similar situation yeah, growing up, it, but my dad was very much like. I'm going to watch this, and this kid is going to watch it with me, because I'm going to watch Taxi Driver or some yeah. bullshit. Like, <laughs> no. like, what? Unfortunately, my dad wasn't really into movies. Um, 
And uh, my mom, I remember for Christmas every year, um, she would borrow my aunt's VCR so she could copy movies for us. Right. And this is like stocking stuffers. Mm-hmm. So every year we'd get like a videotape with like three movies on it. Right on. And if there was any nudity in those movies, <laughs> it was always cut out. <laughs> she so, stopped and then... Yeah, it would just be like a little static and then <laughs> under the next scene. Yeah. Um, some of the really bad curse words would, would disappear every now and then. Wow. Um, was your mother like a, a reel-to-reel a a editor? Did she do any she would just <laughs> She would just figure out that if she just paused the one that was recording... <laughs> And then unpaused it. Then I love the idea of your mother as a linear editor. She that would she's sit there and, to and have to watch every movie, I guess, waiting for nudity or anything. She's the she's the censor board. I yeah, love exactly. It. Um, so then, like when I got uh, about seventh or eighth grade, about the summer going into eighth grade, I think I got really into horror movies. Mm. And at that point, she had just given up. Um, so I, a friend of mine and I, we spent the entire summer, probably just about every day, writing a different horror well, movie and just going right through the whole... Is this uh, mid to late teens? What is this? This was um, 12, 13. Okay. 12 right or 13 right, years. Right. Yeah. About 13. So you, this, what year was this? 88. 88. I was getting ready to go into 8th grade, yeah. So we're talking about... Friday Landis, okay, right on. Oh, Land, yeah. You get into like Landis Carpenter, and yeah, all yeah, yeah, okay, absolutely. Right went went through a lot of the slasher movies. Mm-hmm. There's a, a Jiffy, not a Jiffy Loop. There's like an auto parts store down the street from my house that actually opened up. You know, there was a video store right. everywhere back. Oh then. yeah, yeah. Um, so they opened up like the small uh, video rental in there. So we would uh, we would go in there. And I think we went through the entire collection of their horror movies Man, over one summer. So. I think about it like uh, uh, we had a, we had the same thing. We had a um, an Errol's and another yeah. type of video store near us and I remember the VHS horror craze like in mm-hmm. the 80s and 90s was just Oh, insane. Ridiculous. That's what that's and, what kids did. Ninety percent of the things were copycats of yeah. other things. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But, you have a Friday the Thirteenth ripoff, and really, yeah. it's just tits and gore, isn't it? Yeah, you know that, that's what yeah. they all were. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. actually bought on DVD a couple of years ago right just because I remembered it so right well. On. Is that that's interesting? So, does that have anything to do with where you go? You know, later with Chris and everything. Um, partially. I mean, I really, I do still love that stuff. I don't seek it out as much as I did back then. Right. Um, but it was your thing. It was it was yeah for a couple years brain. that was my thing. But right uh, the, the horror horror films and then um, the summer after that Batman came out the original Tim Burton Batman right. and then that became that's you know my thing and then and then that was like I guess in high school um, was when I really just started to expand my horizons mm-hmm. and and see just about anything that I I could get my hands on. But um, so it was kind of like a um, it was just a an interest. It was a hobby to you. It was something that you you know yeah, took I mean, an active interest. Yeah, in. it was definitely what I wanted. I think that was about when I started maybe like ten, tenth grade. Mm-hmm. So when I started trying to write scripts. Had no clue what I was doing right. at all. No idea how to. I had no idea what the format of screenplay writing was. Mm. I had no idea how long it should. Be. I knew nothing. And and you know, tenth grade, everybody in tenth grade is an idiot on <laughs> yeah. some level. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just writing what I think is going to be cool for me and my <laughs> friends to be in. And it was looking back on it, it was ridiculous. Yeah. There's no terrible. William Goldman's coming out of that. No, 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 not, not at all. Um, and it was horrible, horrible. Like I can even remember parts of the story that were just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it's all designed to make us look cool. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, which is the worst thing you can do. When you're trying to yeah. write stuff. There's really no story or change yeah. or catharsis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We just yeah, look really we just want to look cool. Yeah. So, um, I, I guess I gave up on that for a little bit. Then I started. I did like a dinner theater play. Um, took drama class, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And Was there any sort of interest of making it an academic pursuit? 
Um, I really hated school. Okay. Could not no. stand school. So the fact that I could take a drama class mm-hmm. was just like, well, this is one thing that I probably won't hate right, right. every day. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I never really, I never thought about going to, to college for it or anything right. like that. Um, it was a practical, it was a practical thing that you wanted to do. Did you always think, okay, I'm going to have a job that you could supplement with this hobby or interest? Or um, were yeah, you going well, to go straight into it? Especially back then, like, I, you know, high school, I didn't know anything yeah. about the real world. Right. Um, so I figured I'd just go right into it. Um, <laughs> you just go right, yeah, why not? right into it, yeah. That was my plan. So, um, <laughs> so when I was, when they started filming Homicide, site here. I was in, right. a senior in high school. And I sent in a picture. I got a call to come down and audition. I actually got three callbacks for it. And on the last one, they said to me, uh, we really love you for mm-hmm. this, um, but the other kid that is the other option is SAG. And if we have a choice, we need to go with the SAG actor. Right. And I was like, I'll join SAG. I'll do whatever mm-hmm. I have to do. And they're like, well, it's not that simple. You have right. to get into SAG. And blah, Isn't blah, blah, it a blah. catch-22 that you have to get into? That is exactly yeah. how I felt. And even now, I don't entirely... Like, I know that I'm SAG eligible yeah. now. And just because of the way things are in Baltimore, Maryland, I haven't signed up. Um, but I love being in that position that I can. Right. Even now, if I hadn't done the one project that I did that made me SAG eligible, I still don't really totally understand yeah. how to get yeah, into it's it. Such a, it's such a weird little, like, uh, a brotherhood, you know? Yeah, it's like you have into. to... To get into it, you have to be eligible, and to be eligible, you have to already work on things that were SAG, and it's very, very Is that confusing. how it works out, that you have to work on uh, on movies, uh, on projects you know, that were... I, I wish I could tell you, yeah. and, and, <laughs> you and it's changed, <laughs> and if I give you, if I say anything, I'll probably give anyone listening horrible misinformation, so don't listen to anything I say about So this. really, SAG don't become SAG. And, and I think they're awesome. So and I can't wait to join. Um, but yeah, homicide. Yeah, this is something. Uh, so I saw you uh, as, as an extra. Is that what you? Yeah. Were so um, so the, I got an extra part on that. Mm-hmm. And like it's, I said, I was like, look, I'll join SAG. I'll, I'll pay whatever it is. Yeah. And like, well, you can't really just join SAG. So this is '93, right. before the internet. Yeah. yeah. Was, the only place I knew to look for casting calls was the newspaper, sure. which is where I had heard about that. And I knew zero people in the industry, mm-hmm. and so I just had no idea how right. to get into it. I knew nothing and I just kind of gave up on it and then years later I was lucky enough to have a job where I have some free time and I met some people that mm-hmm. you know were actually involved in films and um, actually the the whole way I started acting was I wrote a, um, I had been writing, I had started writing again like in the, the late 90s yeah. um, actually got some books on screenplay mm-hmm. writing um, what well, what was the what was the connection to that? Was it different than your your interest in in being in front of the camera? What was the interest of writing? Well, that was that, that was actually really. I have no idea how to get into acting. I have no idea how to do this. So I'll take that you know the rocky oh, route right, right. and try to write something gotcha. really good and do and be in it like and the try rocky to sell thing, it. Right? Yeah, and and I even figured you know what if I just sell if I just make something good enough to sell, mm-hmm. great. But really, my ultimate goal was to to do to that to get in front of the camera. Gotcha. Um, so I got uh, for Christmas one year I got um, screenplay by Sid Field, oh, yeah. which is fantastic. The Bible, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and I uh, used that primarily. I got another book that wasn't that great, um, and uh, that was like the main book that I had for years. And started writing from that, and you know the writing progressed and progressed, mm-hmm. and um, got a few scripts under my belt, which everybody anybody that's ever written knows. The first things you write are crap. No matter sure. how much you love it, sure. no matter how close the story sure. is to you. 
It's never going to be filmed. And I think it's kind of a problem for a lot of people who who want to write, but only want to write if they're going to be successful. Yeah. So they they're so scared of making that first step because they don't want to fail. But that's what it is. You isn't got it? to. You've You're, got you've got to write five scripts right. before you get anything that's even remotely filmable. Right. And and you have to love doing it. You have yeah. to really love. You can't be dissuaded. The work. About it. Right. That's behind. And there's so much work. Right. That goes into to plotting out a movie mm-hmm. and structuring it. It's a lot of al- it's a lot of aloneness too. I mean, yeah. maybe you can have a writing partner, but yeah. there's so much like doing it in your mind mm-hmm. and the yeah. time that oh, you need to spend on it. My my absolute best idea is come in the shower and driving. Yeah, definitely. You know, like, definitely. <laughs> whenever there's nothing else, mm-hmm. I'm just sitting at the computer. I can write out scenes. Yep. But as far as like storyline ideas, the best things come when my mind is completely yep. blank. For me too, it's almost like uh, right right before going to bed mm-hmm. because you can't turn your your brain off, so it, you're thinking about it. It's so frustrating because I have a, a daytime job and I am a night writer. Like it, it after eleven o'clock, between eleven like four a.m., yep. yep. I could if I could work at that schedule, yep. I could bang out a script a month. Yep. Because that's just like when I'm most creative and mm-hmm. I things are quiet and I can focus yep. and everything else. So that's a little frustrating. But uh, so I'd been writing for a few years, and I wrote. I, I decided that I always kind of struggled with dialogue, mm-hmm. um, and kind of I, w- I was seeing that the scripts that I was writing just sort of became. I had these cool ideas for scenes, and then I was just kind of connecting the dots between them, rather than telling like a really good story where the scenes needed to be there instead of well that'd be a great chase scene, or that would be a good action scene, right. or that's a good intense scene, right. or something like that. Um, and I really wanted to work on dialogue. So I was like, I'm just going to do this exercise where I'm just going to write a scene with two guys talking. Right. And um, I wanted it to be like a period piece. I've been watching a lot of film noir and stuff. Um, so I set it in the 40s. And um, I wrote this this script. It was like a 20-page script. Yep. It was just basically two guys sitting in a bar. Yep. And um, obviously there's a little more to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So uh, I showed it to somebody who was a, um, a telemedia teacher. Uh, his name's Drury Bynum, and he really liked it. And I was like, you know, just I was just giving him an example. Mm-hmm. He was like, actually, I'd love to film this. Yeah. And I was like, really? So quickly it became <laughs> yeah. the the, the, so, the snowball going down the hill. Yes, yeah, huh? so I was like, okay. So we um, we threw it together. We filmed it. Um, we got a, a, a nice bar. Yeah. Um, and we um, we actually cast my uncle in it opposite me because again I wanted to act, so yeah, I was sure. playing one character. Um, this was what year? When, when was this? God, I was trying to maybe two thousand seven. Okay, maybe six. Okay, maybe seven. Um, Were you acting at all? Uh, I had done nothing between Homicide and them. Nothing. Right on. And um, and uh, I, yeah, little little bits of things. Actually, for for Drew, I had done a um, like a little promo he was doing for the city paper, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so uh, we threw this together. We we filmed it, uh, and it was all like 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. shoots. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, because we had to use this bar after they closed. Right. And then the light, the front of it was just all windows, so at 5 a.m. we had to shut down, so it, it took an hour to set up. We got maybe two hours of filming right on night, so we did for like five nights of that. You had people on the, did you have like his students helping with it? No, it was really just uh, us and Drew. Right on. Um, so uh, we went back and we looked at the footage, and it just didn't look good. Mm-hmm. It, it, um, it, it didn't look old it didn't look like a bar in the 40s right um so uh we found another bar through an actress that i was working with on another film um through drew i met some other people in the industry 
and they kind of, uh, a guy named uh, Jan David Suter kind of gave me some advice on how to get into acting and stuff. Um, and uh, so we, we found this other bar, and um, it was great. Mm-hmm. Built in the 30s, still yeah. looked perfect. Um, unfortunately, my uncle couldn't couldn't do it, even though he was very good um, when we filmed it, so I had to hire another actor, um, Alex Zavistovich, who is SAG, by the way. There you go. There <laughs> and, um, you go. That was my other experience dealing with SAG, was all the paperwork when you sure. had a SAG actor on the yeah. set. Um, right. But he was fantastic. Absolutely adored working with him. Um, was there anything other than the the uh, paperwork that you had to worry about with him? Was there like any sort of permissions or... Stuff uh, like that? No, because it was such a it was a, a short film, mm-hmm. and it was a first time filmmaker. We got right. like this SAG experimental short or right. something like that. So there's no like requirement for a union or anything like that. We still had to follow all the SAG rules, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Um, because he was in it. But it was a lot, a bit looser gotcha. than than the bigger productions. Right. And um, that was the first time I worked with George Stover, who I've there been in several films with since. The man, the myth. <laughs> Many people know George Stover. Definitely. Um, and uh, our uh, she actually became a good friend of ours. Um, she was a pin model and we needed a real 40s looking yeah. um, girl in this um, named Asia Divinal um, came in and, and took that role and we filmed nice. it and uh, a guy named Justin Beckenheimer shot it Beckenheimer yeah, um, yeah. I know but Justin Beckenheimer fantastic yeah. I mean they did such a gorgeous job yeah. it, it looks beautiful yeah. the best thing about the movie I think is just the way it looks it's, yeah, they absolutely. did such a beautiful it's sort of black and white what's it called again is it uh, uh, it's called The Debt Collector The Debt Collector right? and it's on Vimeo mm-hmm. if anybody wants to check it I'll, out I'll, I'll put it up with the oh cool notes. yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's funny I mean for considering like the first real acting I ever did mm-hmm. and I, I watch it now and there's certainly things I would change sure sure um, but I'm actually still pretty happy with it when I yeah, go back I, and watch I, it yeah I look at it and, uh, and I kind of as, as far as a, a first acting gig man I look at it and I'm like you know I can see that you you being the writer also that you've thought about it so much mm-hmm. that it comes through and I have thought how to act this I have thought yeah. how this came together I certainly in my knew head. the character sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so that helps mm-hmm. um, and I did so many rewrites with it and right. that's the other thing that a lot of people I think when they're getting into writing don't Absolutely. realize no. it's, so, it's it's first draftism first draft oh, is the God. easiest part there is oh, my God. I, yeah. once you just get it all out you're, yeah. Writing it's, is rewriting. They don't know that. Yeah, it's, yeah. and it's the, the, the whole, the, you know, the cliche of killing your babies. Mm-hmm. And I love this scene, but it just doesn't That's what work. we just talked about in the car with uh, Dark Knight yeah, Rises. Right? Absolutely. We feel like, you know, if you're, if you're not going to formulate some sort of rewrite, you're going to have a sloppy script. Yeah, and I, I really don't like picking apart things. Christopher <laughs> Nolan did, because I am a big fan. Sure, but yeah, yeah. It, it, there's a lot of problems. Yeah, some flaws. I, I, and who am I to... to Anything that he did. You're fucking Ryan Thomas. Yeah, that's, that's right. So, uh, but yeah. So, did, did you go to? Did, did you take that to festival at all? Did you put it? Um, I, I I entered into a few festivals. I didn't realize how quickly that would get expensive. Yes. Um, oh yeah. And uh, I eventually decided. You know what? I really just did this to show it to people. Mm-hmm. Um, to say, hey, look, I'm an actor. This is what yeah. I can do. I'm also a writer, and this is use it as a calling card. As a exactly. Resume. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to put it online for free for yep. anybody who wants to watch it. Yep. So. I, was it uh, was it done fairly quickly, or did you go through a oh, post production thing? We shot in two full days. Okay. Um, we, the, fortunately, the bar was closed on Sundays, mm-hmm. um, so we shot two full days and got all that done. Uh, we had a, a third um, evening to shoot some f- uh, flashback stuff, and I think it was edited within two months. Right. Um, I did the score on one scene. Um, and my uncle that couldn't be in it um, actually did the uh, background music. He's a he does like a Frank Sinatra kind right of show. On. So he did a lot of Christmas music for the background. Nice, nice. 
What was the, uh, not to get like deep in it if you can't talk about it, but uh, how much of, a, of an expense was it to put together the project? Um, you know, it, looking back on it, I probably could have saved a lot of money. It was the first thing I ever produced, mm-hmm. and it turns out I'm not a producer. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a, not a big fan it of being is, the boss. It um, is super difficult. Yeah. It's one of the most shit on positions, but yeah. it is the, the most invaluable position. It really is. Moment. Just the scheduling alone. And we yeah. just shot two days. Yeah. Uh, just the scheduling alone was a nightmare. Right. Um, I think uh, we're about between four and five grand. Okay. Yeah, yeah that sounds about um, right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the biggest part of that budget, we, we were shooting almost two hours away, so I paid everybody's gas mm-hmm. um, to and from, and uh, food was fantastic. Oh, the, yeah. the, the people that owned the bar stayed, and perfect. And they had a kitchen, so they made mm, fresh dough go. pizza and oh, uh, Terry's Grill and Smoking <laughs> PA. If anybody wants to pick it out, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a bit of a hike from here, but yeah. um, great food, and everybody actually in the crew was like, "This is the best we've ever eaten mm-hmm. on a set." So nice. that was actually where the bulk of our budget. Right on. <laughs> Who found that bar again? Was it was it you and or the? Uh, yeah, it was the, um, an actress that I was on another uh, film with. Right on. Uh, her parents owned it. Oh, nice. Right on. Yeah, so, so that, that was worked. Great. Out. Nice. Yeah. Absolutely. So, what's the what's the bridge there? Uh, what what came about from that that led to work with Chris LaMartina and Jimmy? Um, actually, I had known Chris um, for a couple of years, and we just reconnected um, somehow, mm-hmm. and we started talking about movies. And he, uh, I think this was right about the time Book of Lore was getting ready okay, to premiere. Right so I went to see Book of Lore mm-hmm. and really I was very impressed with it. He did a low budget horror movie. Was it a uh, was it like an omnibus? Were they vignettes? I forget. No, actually, Book of Lore was a standalone story, mm-hmm. a feature length. Yeah, um, they did a great job with it, and uh, I was really impressed with. It. So I, we continued talking, and um, then they were getting ready to do the um, Grave Mistakes, right? And they're packaged together on the DVD that yeah. uh, that you can get on Amazon. Probably. Yes, you can. Yes. Um, and uh, Grave Mistakes is a series of shorts. Yes, that's right. And uh, he and his partner, Jimmy George, mm-hmm. um, speaking of producers, Jimmy is fantastic. Yeah. I don't know how Jimmy pulls together every, the stuff he does. Every time I talk to him, he, he says how much he hates it, but he's so <laughs> he's good at so it. He's so good at Thank it. God. And, and the, the, the budgets that these guys use mm-hmm. to, to, to film this stuff. Yeah. And, and they, I mean, they wouldn't, I'm sure they wouldn't mind because I know they're, they're proud of this. I mean, like... Um, I think Book of Lore, they, or not Book of Lore, uh, Grave Mistakes, I think was a total like $3,000 budget yeah. or something like that. Right. Um, and they wanted me to be the, the villain for the wraparound segments, mm-hmm. like the beginning and then between all the, right. the vignettes. Um, and so that was like one of the very first things I did. I did a film for um, Joe Ripple of uh, Time Warp Films okay. um, that same summer. Nice. And from there I just started auditioning. And, you know, I, the biggest thing, especially in Baltimore, is... Networking, sure, definitely. I mean, it, it's just—it's such a huge deal to just know as many people as you can, right. go to as many auditions as you can. Right. Um, I, I guess they still do it. I haven't checked for a while, but the Creative Alliance yes. at the Patterson on Eastern Avenue does. Um, I think it was like every month they would do like a networking, like a, mm-hmm. a film networking night mm-hmm. on Monday nights. Yeah, and uh, met a lot of people there. Just handed out headshots. I, I admire, like, as far as. Um, Going to school in Baltimore, that's when I first got exposed to it because I'm from, you know, uh, the D.C. area. Mm -hmm. But going to school in Baltimore, that's one of those things that I started just 
being aware of and admiring is the film community there because you know you'll get you'll get the the trajectory that's set off by like John Waters in mm-hmm. the 70s and and he's such a he's such a fucking like uh, idol yeah. to the Baltimore scene yeah. and you see about like independent movies low budget uh, horror movies I mean it, people are inspired to do something as a community yeah. in Baltimore that you know of course we had Homicide come here shoot in the mm-hmm. wire of course yeah. all the David Simon stuff the corner mm-hmm. but it, the community itself as far as a filmmaking community is it's some, amazing it's amazing you got it's, the Senator which is a fantastic fucking yeah. theater you know I, I have to say the um Oh, I hate I hate myself right now because I can't remember the name of the film festival that was kind enough to let me put. Um, it's usually like a sci-fi horror festival, right? Um, but they let me put the deck collector, and they were showing at the Senator. Mm-hmm. So that was the theater. Such My entire theater. life is where every movie that I wanted to see, if it Such was there, that's theater. where I went. So actually getting to see my yeah. film up on the screen at the yeah. Senator was one of the coolest things I've yeah. ever experienced. I, I think of the I think of that community and it's just like uh, even being an, uh, in it or being an outsider mm-hmm. you have to admire what these people yeah. do and like we were just talking about uh, people like Jimmy George and Chris mm-hmm. Lamartina I think when I think about the epitome of nice guys. Oh my god. They're fantastic. the nicest fucking guys yeah, in the world. They're, they're absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And, and, and this really it's such a small town. Yeah. Everybody, if you don't know everybody, then you know somebody that knows everybody sure, yeah. else. Yeah, and, it's all um, connected. There, it is, definitely. and it's great. And and honestly, as far as like the film work that I do now, mm-hmm. half of the things I do, I don't even audition for. Right, it's just people have I've worked with me before, before or yeah. saw me in something, and yeah. said, "Hey, I want you to be in this." And yep. it's fantastic. That is like the as an actor, that's the best feeling in the mm-hmm. world. Where it's just like you don't even need me to audition for right. that. Yeah. Like, no, no. It's, um, but at the same time, I mean, it. it, it the, the, the size of the community can be tough because if things go bad, you know, I mean, the, the yes. word spreads right. really quickly oh, yeah, yeah. with stuff. But I got to imagine even with that community, the, the, the uh, double-edged sword is that if you are a fuck to work with... Everybody finds out. Yep. Yeah, everybody finds yep. out. So and it's amazing. <laughs> People that you've never met or heard yeah. of know who you are yep. and know to avoid you. Yeah. Um, Going in, go, we went to uh, Towson University, uh, mm-hmm. that, that group of friends and everything. I actually yeah. know Chris LaMartina uh-huh. from there. And, um, so you, you know Justin from there, too? Or? I, I knew of Justin uh-huh. through there. I didn't know him personally. Gotcha. There. Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah. I knew the, the work Justin that he did. and Charlie Anderson. Charlie Anderson. I, I met Charlie through yeah. doing another... Um, he was in a, a music video that he was doing, mm-hmm. and he was going to shoot The Debt Collector, and he got a feature film, and right. uh, he told me to, to get in touch with Justin right. and I owe both of those guys so much because that never would have gotten that never would have looked yeah. anything like it does Absolutely. if it wasn't for those two guys so. good, good crew good production crew definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I feel like you know coming from that coming from, from Towson and just seeing how those uh, those projects came together uh, city proper not just you mm-hmm. know uh, Baltimore County people but it's it's interesting seeing you know uh, uh, where you can where you can pull actors from around there because oh, so yeah. everyone works on everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we just talked about George Stover. He's a he's the he's fucking man. He's been in everything. Yeah. <laughs> he's been in television. He was in hom- he was in yeah. Homicide. I remember seeing him in Homicide and just freaking out because yeah. I, like he has this short little scene at like the <laughs> beginning of an episode. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's all it's all connected there, man. Yep. That's great. And actually, speaking of. Um, the Creative Alliance. There's another thing that I used to go to about a year and a half, two years ago, and I stopped going for a while, but just getting back into it. Um, they do a, and if anybody is thinking of screenwriting or yep. doing anything like this, 
uh, I think it's the last Tuesday of every month, mm-hmm. they do a, a local screenwriters meeting. Right and it's fantastic. And they, they'll, 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 is it, is it, they'll give you feedback and everything? Yeah, I mean, like you that? can, what they do typically, um, the way it used to be, and from what I could see this time, um, there were like, it used to be like five or six of us. This past time, I think there were 20 people there. Yep. Um, you bring 10 pages of your script, yep. and everybody will pass it around, and we'll, we'll read through it, and then everybody gives them feedback mm-hmm. on anything you want. Yep. And, um, Knowing from what I've done there before, like I would trade full screenplays with people, mm-hmm. and then they'd read them and send back tons of notes. And That's that great. is by far the most valuable the tool when it comes the to best. writing. There's nothing mm-hmm. better than finding those people that yeah. will be honest with you. Yep. You know. One second. Oh, what's sorry. up, Turk? How's it going? Um, you know the, uh, the 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 friends that will say, "Dude, this is a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. This is stupid. Yeah. The character wouldn't do that." Yep. That doesn't work. You, you need those people. Rip, you, um, rip it apart for you. Absolutely. Unfortunately, I, I have a few people that I know that I can totally trust that will not save my feelings, will not yeah. tell me, oh, it's, the worst thing in the you world is when them. I send a script to somebody and all you get back is, it was great, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, well, what Nothing. did you think? That was perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's not perfect. I know there's plenty <laughs> of problems with it. Just tell me what exactly. works and what doesn't work. Yeah, I had a, uh, a situation recently where uh, a friend of mine, a close friend of mine, sent me a script, and uh, I had, to, and he told me, dude, be brutal with mm-hmm. it. And I read it, and I was like, my first gut was like, he wants me to be brutal about this. How much do I have to write? Yeah. Because he he wants me to be brutal with this. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm gonna have to rip it a new asshole. Yeah, that's basically what's gonna happen. Yeah, there's actually there's a great um, <clears throat> website again that I would recommend to anybody, especially getting into writing, um, called Trigger Street. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, that Kevin Spacey started, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. If if it still works the same way it did years ago when when I used to um, submit stuff to it, you submit a script. Yep. Other people read it. And give reviews on it, and you have to read their other people's scripts. Not, right. It's not like a trade-off. You read random scripts mm-hmm. on there, and you have to do reviews on them. And then for, I think every three reviews that you do, somebody will read yeah. yours. And I think the top three every month still go to major Hollywood producers. The right. top three voted on scripts that month are That's read awesome. by producers. That's so. Awesome. You get such great feedback from people that have no vested interest in your feelings sure, sure. and are going to tell you exactly what sucks about exactly. it. And it is the best tool. And also, it's so... When I start writing again, it is such a huge help for me to read other people's scripts. Um, It just gets you right back into it. It's such a great tool. And you realize when you're reading these problems and other scripts, Mm -hmm. you're realizing all the problems that you do the same things. You're like, oh, my God, I wrote a crappy character like that. Or or my my action scenes Mm -hmm. sound ridiculous. Or the dialogue sounds ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Everybody sounds like the same person. Exactly. That's the big... Yeah. Oh, that's a big... Dialogue's tough. Dialogue Mm -hmm. is always one of my, my... biggest struggling points yep. um, and uh, and when I started reading a, lo- a lot of books on screenplay writing um, one of them that really helped me out um, actually uh, give another plug for this book that uh, uh, Save the Cat is great if you ever read the Save the Cat mm-hmm. books um, they're fantastic just about structure and yep. all this other stuff um, but there's another one called The Starter Screenplay by Adam Levenberg and it's basically he's a Hollywood executive he wrote this book that is basically, if you've never sold a script, sure. this is what you need to have in it and mm-hmm. how it should be structured. And don't waste your time writing fantasy. Yeah. Don't. He just gives you like these lists of rules and how you should go about it and then how you should go about selling it. Yeah, yeah. And it's a fantastic book because it just it's no bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's, it gives you perspective, I'm sure. Yeah, and it's like if somebody is in Hollywood that you're trying to get to read uh-huh. this script and you write it like this, they're yep. not going to pay any attention to it because they don't know you yep. and they're not going to waste the money on this kind of yeah, script. Yeah. Um, 
and he recommended a book in that one called 45 Master Characters, which is just fantastic. It breaks down all like the, the character archetypes that fit every character yeah, yeah. you've ever seen in your entire yeah. life. And really, like when you're figuring out like what the kind of what drives your characters and stuff, it really gives you a great like blueprint of without having to delve too deeply yourself of what these people are missing people that have that personality type mm-hmm. what they're missing and what they need yeah. and things like that and what that conflict was, is right yeah and, and what other types of characters mm-hmm. they'll interact best with yep. and I wish I could remember the name of the author but um, 45 Master Characters is a great I mean, it's like a thick textbook yeah, yeah. and it's a great great uh, tool great reference right on yeah. there yeah the thing about uh, Creative Alliance too is uh, man they're they're like uh, a hub for filmmaking in general yeah they have absolutely. editing workshops directing workshops mm-hmm. you can bring your film there and actually get the same sort of feedback yeah right? exactly yeah they have yeah. workshops like that yeah that's pretty awesome man so so where did it go from from there from uh, Great Mistakes where what happened um there? Let's see, after Grave Mistakes, um, I did uh, Sealed Fates with Time Warp. Um, and then I just I started auditioning. Um, God, I'm trying. There's just been so many things. Yeah, sure. uh, as far as, like, with Chris and Jimmy, uh, the next movie they did was a movie called President's Day, right. which is where we met. Yep. And um, Fantastic that, that horror, be, horror comedy. <laughs> that should be out on DVD soon. That's awesome. Um, we've been told that a lot, but yeah. um, apparently it's, it's coming down to it, finally. Um very very proud of that movie mm-hmm. um, for anybody that hasn't heard of it it's uh, this, everybody loves this description it's about a serial killer that's dressed like Abraham Lincoln killing the kids that are running for class president done how, how done. much fun is that that sounds hilarious um, that, that should make these people want to yeah, see it it's like their homage to the 80's slasher films um, so they um, sent me that script that when they had just gotten their first draft done I guess mm-hmm. and um, we talked about it and um, talked about casting it, and I had helped out. Um, I had sort of interned, I guess, for um, Carlin Davis casting when they were doing a, a thing downtown. Right. And um, again, for any aspiring actors, try to hook up with Carlin Davis. I get so much good work from them. Right it's, it's a great resource, um, and they cast for mostly like commercials and industrials, which right. around here is really the stuff. It's that the pays big stuff. The best. Yeah, the big yeah. stuff. Right. Um, so I had some experience like running casting calls. So I started casting. I was their casting director for mm-hmm. President's Day, um, and President's Day started. Uh, I can't say it went off without a hitch. We certainly had some sure. some headaches right before we started filming at the location and a, so. and a miserable summer too. Oh god, it was yeah. so hot. Yeah, yeah. with um, uh, with no AC in the in the locations. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I suffered quite a bit. But I don't want to give any spoilers or anything. Did you? Uh, uh, so. You, were you already pegged to to act in it and be in the role that you were? Um, no, actually, they did the part that I got in that they didn't write for me. Okay, um, and I just told them I, I read it and I liked it. And I, even if I'm casting a movie, I don't want a part that I'm not right for. Right. Like I don't ever want to just say I deserve a part. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I told them I was like, let me read for this. I know you didn't write it for me. Um, and they were unfortunately it was something that was very close to who I am anyway. Sure. So. Um, so they, they, they said, and when they offered it to me, I was like, seriously, don't give it to me if you saw somebody better. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, we really we want you to do this. Um, and uh, so we went from President's Day after that, we did Witches Brew, where I cast it again. Right. And they actually told me straight up, we wrote this part for you. Right on. Um, for that one where I played the the uh, straight edge bartender. Yeah, yeah, the straight edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was there? Uh, tell me about it. Was it? What were the the major differences and similarities on those two productions? Because they were done within a, like a year of each other, weren't they? Uh, I think within two. Two years. I'm trying to think now. 
when... Yeah, we might have started Witches Brew, actually, just about a year later. They were Witches Brew took longer to... Um, put them out. Yeah, Witches Brew took longer to edit, because right. they shot on two cameras. Right. There was a lot... They used different cameras, which I don't understand. I'm the last person to ask any technical stuff. Yeah, right. So I knew it took a lot longer yeah. to edit. There was way, I think there's 61 effect shots, yeah. which is which is yeah, insane. Yeah. And for, for a low budget film, film man, oh my yeah, god, definitely. for a film with that budget, um, yeah. and gotta give major props to um, Kaylee Brown and Jason Cook, who did the effects on that. I, those guys worked practically 24 hours a day the yeah. whole shoot the whole month and a half shoot and I mean they pulled together a werewolf transformation mm-hmm. scene and it's such a fun so fucking movie man I'm, I was so impressed by um, by everything about it it, it was it was it was funny uh, it was gruesome, yeah. and it was uh, the homages were were fantastic. Yeah. That's the kind of horror movie that yeah. I love. Yeah. And we got some great, I mean, really some great talent in front of the camera yeah. with that too. Um, Gary Fletcher, who plays uh, Preston in that, just he walked into the audition and within he actually walked in to play a smaller part. Yep. And um, within five minutes of him leaving, we're like, we don't need to see anybody. We we actually had him go back out and read the the larger part, one yep. of the co leads. Yep. And we're just like, we don't need to see anybody else for this. Nobody is going to top him. Right. And he, I would love to work with Gary again anytime. He was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You guys shoot uh, all around Baltimore for both of those movies? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't get much for any, for some Baltimore County stuff, mm-hmm. but not a, not much for what was your What was your capacity on uh, Witches Brew? Was it just, uh, you said casting and, and the acting? Yeah, I helped out a little bit more like pre production right. stuff. Right. Um, and then once it starts, once it gets into gear, um, and you know Jimmy, Jimmy's the man. Yeah. Um, and then I sort of take the back seat and just like, with that one I was really just acting. But President's Day I was on set a lot more because it had sort of other roles. Right. In that one, but with Witches Brew, um, I was really just acting once it started filming. Were you uh, at the premieres of both of those? I was. Were they both at the Charles? Yes. Right on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was there for the Witches Brew premiere, and I was just heck. That was fun. I loved everybody just going crazy. That was it. so yeah. much fun. That was just, yeah. I mean, both of them have been just been such great experiences. Mm-hmm. What was the What was the? Uh, you have any stories from those times that were just pretty um, crazy bringing them together? Uh, well, with President's Day, um, Chris and Jimmy called me about. Um, they were they said if we write a, a, a movie in this school in a school, do you think we could use this this school that, that I know of? And um, we said I looked into it, and they said sure. Um, and then three weeks before filming, it turned out that the higher ups decided we couldn't do it. Absolutely not. Um, at this point, the whole movie was cast. The production huh. schedule was done. It was ready to go. They actually wrote the script around that school. Um, and through no fault of the you know the people that we talked to, it, it got pulled away. So that was pretty strenuous. Um, we scrambled, Chris especially, but he, just, he busted his ass trying to find another place. And fortunately, we got um, Cardinal Gibbons School, which mm-hmm. I don't even know what it is now, but it's right. not a school anymore. Right. Um, and they just gave us fantastic access. It mm-hmm. turned out way better with, with the amount of um, access that we'd have to right. the building when we could be there and stuff. Right. And um, pulled it together. I mean, President's Day, I think the budget was around five grand, and they pulled together this movie that That's looks... insane. It, it's crazy. I mean, there's... It's a high school movie. There's scenes yeah. in a high school that looks like it's full of students. Yeah. I mean, it is full. They, they got extras. I was there that day, some, man. I yeah, remember that being in the hallways. Yeah, it's it's crazy when I go back and watch it. And, and not to, to you know pick favorites between the two of them. President's Day is probably a more fond memory for me, mm-hmm. just because 
that was like the first thing that I, I really, really right. worked on with them for such a long period. And um, to see it come together mm-hmm. and just know what we spent on it and know how it, it does not. I mean, if you saw that, it, it looks like it cost 10 times, mm-hmm. easily 10 times what right. they, they paid on it. Um, which to me is so impressive when, when you see people that are spending a hundred thousand dollars on a yeah. movie that looks like it was made for ten. Yeah, yeah. And you've got the opposite here mm-hmm. with these guys. And the quality too. I mean, like it's not just that, but like, you know, it, it not just the technical quality, mm-hmm. but like I look at it and it's it's more than just a competent story and direction. I mean yeah. you're these are this is a pretty good homage. This yeah, is a pretty good yeah, it really film. is. I'm very, very proud of both for of them. Five thousand dollars. Yeah, insane. it's incredible. I mean and then you know, then you see um, I don't know. Like I said, people, you know, when, when there's these big budgets yeah. and people just don't take the time and care right. to do this stuff, uh, to, to write these scripts that just have ridiculous plot it's, holes it's and things schlock and then there. they just throw yeah. it, yeah, they throw it out. I think so that's, so, that's so interesting because, like, uh, Chris, especially, Chris and Jimmy feel like they have such a passion mm-hmm. for what they're doing. So there's that tender loving care to yeah. what because they're putting this out and they're putting their their stamp on it and their personalities yeah. in it well, it's it's not an Ed Woodian passion right. with them it's not right. let's just get it filmed and, right. and it's going to be awesome exactly which is not the way to go about this yeah. they, they look at it professionally and they say look we've got to make sure mm-hmm. we've got this in here we've got to make it make sense we've got to have all this right. and it, it is kind of frustrating as a actor and writer um getting cast in things sometimes and reading the script sure. and, and just like especially with somebody I don't know well or something mm-hmm. um, and, and fortunately I try to be very political and say you know maybe this doesn't work out really well um, but sometimes like you just get scripts and you're just like and, and again not even stuff I've been in but stuff that somebody might ask you to read but doesn't somebody sends me a script mm-hmm. and asks me to read it the first thing I'll say to them is do you want a yes or like a thumbs up thumbs down or do you want notes and if they say and I, my honest notes and I will be totally honest with them and it's, it's tough sometimes as an actor to get a script where I would just want to say to them can I just please not that I know any better just give you some other perspective on some of this stuff has there ever been people that have been not uh, uh, there have been rece- people that, that just their general temperament yeah. I have known shouldn't really go that far oh, okay. with it so mm-hmm. I've tried to avoid that um, there have been some people and you know I I have tremendous respect for anybody who can say yeah let me let me know everything you think and I'm not offended if they don't take it yeah. if they don't take it, my advice but as a writer myself I, I want to know every possible flaw I want to yeah. know whatever plot holes other people see that I might not see because maybe I wrote another scene in there that's been cut out right. that explained that or something like that that turned right. out it was necessary or you see like you know we really do need something to link these two characters mm-hmm. together somehow and things like that that's interesting Br- bring perspective to it that's yeah. interesting uh, so so what was uh, in, in addition to the, the acting that you've done with them what else have you been doing uh, I've actually been doing a lot of um, industrials lately mm-hmm. um, th- that is really Really been going well for me. That's um, that's probably the 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 best paying stuff or the most yeah. the most uh, abundant stuff. Yeah. yeah, especially around here. Yeah, um, I did a uh, short film recently um, for a guy named Martin Whittier uh, called "The Hardest Six about uh, high school wrestling, and uh, for the hardest six minutes right. of um, of that match. And um, really, really excited about seeing that. Um, I played the coach nice. for the, the main character. He's a uh, Kid from Witches Brew, Charlie Dryzen, right. who had the uh, Mohawk. Right on, yeah. yeah. Witches Brew. Nice. Um, 
and it's really great. Charlie and I, I think, have been in three or four things together and never had a scene together. <laughs> never have, yeah. Um, so that was our first chance to actually work together in a scene. That was a great experience. They, um, they, I think they shot on like three reds, and uh, just had a fantastic crew. Very, very professional. Nice. Um, so that was good. Um, worked on a couple other films recently. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's, what's the what's <laughs> the we'll leave that. what's the uh, like. When you talk about acting also, I wanted to know, like, do you have someone that you're aspiring to be? Are there actors that you're, you oh know... Oh, yeah, there's so many, and they're all so different. Yeah. Um, is, there someone, I, is there someone that's uh, whose qu- quality is just consistent with you? I, I tell you, one of the people that I am just in awe of in every movie that I've ever seen him in is Sam Rockwell. Yeah. I, I, I saw first saw Sam Rockwell in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Mm-hmm. And was just blown away by yeah. the guy. Like, he makes I, interesting choices. Oh I think he's great. He's incredible, and mm-hmm. everything he does is different. And and he, the guy's just incredible. And and for anybody that doesn't know who he is, um, he was in uh, Iron Man Two. Sure. He was the other arms dealer. Mm-hmm. And it's just such yeah. a small role, and it's all kind of I don't want to say it's a waste of him, but he, he definitely wasn't so given much. But he does have uh, a one or two really good scenes oh, yeah, with the, scene the, the party uh, and, yeah, yeah, stuff and, and all. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, the 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 gun armaments. You know, talking oh, yeah, about yeah, the yeah. different weapons. He's fantastic. He's Actually, so good in that. I, I cannot recommend the movie Moon enough. Right. Um, directed by uh, Duncan, Duncan Jones, Jones. Davy, mm-hmm. Bo- David Bowie's son. Yep. Um, you can call him Davy Bowie. Davy Bowie. <laughs> Davy Bowie. Um, but Sam Rockwell and Moon uh, is basically. One guy on a moon, on a station mm-hmm. on the moon for the entire movie. Yeah, it's, and it's one of the most mesmerizing performances I have ever to seen. Ha- to have that sort of not just him, but you know, spoilers. Yeah. There's a clone in there that yeah. he's playing too, it's and just, to to know that he shot sh- things completely just by himself, two, reacting off of each other, and, you know, and they're two himself. totally different characters. Yeah, I, I, the guy. I, he should have gotten a fucking award. I cannot that. believe it. that was the biggest crime <laughs> yeah. that he did not get nominated for yeah. best actor. That just even if he just got nominated, some yeah. recognition because it is one of the best performances I've ever seen. Yeah, it's mind-boggling it's to, to see to see that put together. If you look at any of the behind the scenes for it on how they formulated some of those uh, yeah. those shots and just him his acting off of himself. Is, yeah, he's yeah. I, I'm, and if anybody's seen Galaxy Quest, he's the the red shirt and that yeah, yeah, mustache. Right. The, yeah. the guy just steals everything he's Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's the. Yeah, I grew up watching Indiana Jones sure. and Han Solo, and sure. even though that's really all I really like Harrison Ford in yeah. for the most yeah. part, and you know, forgetting that fourth indie thing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Lucas um, won't put him to bed. <laughs> Lucas will no. not put him to bed. Um, and you know, I think Robert Mitchum is just one of the coolest guys that has ever God, been in front man, of the he screen. He is fantastic. He's like man. my he's my father's favorite actor. He's incredible. He, and there's I can't think of anyone else that exudes so much coolness and mm-hmm. toughness. You've seen uh, Night of the Hunter? Oh my God! It's, Charles it's, Lawton? Yeah, it's fuck amazing. out of here. It is amazing, fantastic. and it flopped. It, mm-hmm. it, it completely flopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't until years later. Great late. script, great directing, great acting, and mm-hmm. yeah, it flopped. You're right. Can't, it, was, it was too far ahead of its time. It was yep. too dark, I think, yep. for that era. And Robert Mitchum is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The Cape Fear. I cannot yeah. watch the Cape Fear remake. Mm-hmm. Speaking of remakes. There you go. There um, you go. The Cape Fear remake, I absolutely hate it because it's so over the top. Yeah. And, and Robert Mitchum in the original is one of the scariest characters I've ever seen. And he doesn't have to be boisterous and in your face. Yep. And covered in tattoos and biting chunks out of women and all this right. other stuff, 
He's so calm and and just menacing. Yeah. He's just this this dangerous personality without being any more than that. Yeah, he's incredible. And, and I mean Gregory Peck and mm-hmm. another fantastic like actor that you can just watch in anything right. and just be blown away by. Is a uh, so. Moving forward, like you know, I know that you've got a day job too. Mm-hmm. But how do you how do you balance that? You've got a family, mm-hmm. you got a day job, you got this. What is it? What? How do you do it? Um, well, fortunately, with my day job, I'm very uh, lucky, mm-hmm. and I've got a good schedule and some understanding bosses that, sure. if something really good comes up, they'll let me. And fortunately, a lot of you know, a lot of the stuff happens. Um, on weekends yeah. with the independence stuff right, right. the, the industrials and stuff not so much but especially during the summer I can you know sort of take a little some more time latitude, and, right? and get that stuff cool. in so I've done some PSAs lately and um, and things like that right on, so cool. yeah, so that's all the non-union stuff right on yeah. well dude I wish you the best of luck with it Thanks, man. I know man. we'll uh, we'll follow this up hopefully with a with a legitimate talk about something you know on a, on a, on a future episode yeah definitely but it was We're good to um, give you a pr- perspective on this because I think Baltimore filmmaking is like one of the interesting things and to have kind of a uh, and a, a, a perspective from a, from the acting standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. working in the in the city and working with people I I respect so much. It's it's good good to have. Thank you. And actually, uh, speaking of the of Chris and Jimmy, as we did so much today. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be casting their next film. Right on. Um, so I will be announcing that um, probably. Well, I know the the casting call is going to be on August eighteenth. Okay. And uh, it's going to be a found footage. Um, film that takes place in the 80s sort of like a haunted house kind of thing nice, um, nice. so we'll be looking for people for that so if anybody has any improv experience it's going to be a lot of improv stuff Very cool. um, so look us up and uh, the next couple of weeks we'll be doing that and then they're getting ready they're gearing up to do a much bigger film in the spring where they're getting ready to start sort of some fundraising and That's stuff awesome. like that for uh, any Lovecraft fans out there it's uh, cool. called The Call Girl of Cthulhu <laughs> nice so, very nice that's great man congratulations I'm glad that you you found you found a, a community of people that you work well with and it, it seems to be going and they're great well they're, they're fun to work with mm-hmm. you know no matter what we're doing even even the rough stressful days which they're have certainly sure. been it's an indie, it's indie movie sets what do you absolutely, expect you know? absolutely and, and the bottom line if if you're not acting because you love it, yeah. you shouldn't be doing it because you're Absolutely. never ever going to be happy. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's just, it's so much fun. I do, I still do things for free. You know, I mean, especially for friends and stuff like that. I have no problem. If it's a project I believe in mm-hmm. and I know it's going to be a fun shoot, mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll totally do That's things great. for free. If it's something that I might not believe in so much, but they want me in it, and sure. I'll, you know, then I'll. But you probably maintain. insist on there being a little <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something to make it worth my while. But even then, you know, um, I mean, I can think of things that I've worked on um, that I wasn't terribly thrilled with once I, I you know. Enthused about it, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's a big thing um, with locally and with the small productions. Mm-hmm. If somebody's hiring you and you don't know them, yeah. vet them. Yeah. Call everybody you know, oh, yeah, research, yeah. look oh, at yeah. the other things they've done. Look into it as much as you possibly can, so you're not wasting your That's time. That's an important thing for an actor, I think. Yeah. Yeah, especially especially what's great about Baltimore is everybody knows everybody, yep. and you know, I mean, I've done things where people said, "Don't work with that person," and I've said, "You know what? I'm gonna try to go in there guarded and not put sure. myself in a position where they can take advantage of me sure. or whatever." Um, and it can still, you know, I should have. Sometimes I should have listened to people. Sometimes right. I shouldn't have. But even when I did that. 
on the set around here, there's always great people to work sure. with. There's always there's, there's never been a totally negative yeah. experience that I've ever right. had. I've always met somebody or enjoyed the work. Right. I just love acting. I mean, acting is just it's, it's fun. It's, it's a great pretend. It's a great ap- attitude to have, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretend. You know, it's, it's it's such good to have. Uh, it's, it's so good to have that kind of idea that you're not going to burn any bridges. Mm-hmm. You're going to keep those connections. And well, I don't mind burning some bridges. <laughs> <laughs> some bridges go nowhere. Yeah. Well, you know, the next the next dude that wants to be a douchebag to you on the set could be George Lucas. Isn't yeah, it? you know, I'll take it from him. <laughs> <laughs> Other people, maybe not. It's so I was just talking um, to somebody. Oh, God, what director were you talking about? Uh, it, it's a director that I have tremendous respect for, and I'm not going to name. Um, <laughs> that is not a local director by any means. Um, and uh, we were talking about how difficult they're supposed to be, and I was just like, I don't care. They could scream at me in front of everybody. Right. That's that person. Right. I'll do it. I'll, I'll suck it up for them because I mean, you know it's going to be a fantastic project. Sure. It's going to be worth your while, and no matter what, you're going to have that under your belt. Yeah, it's going to come out. It's, it's going to it's going to be something to re- reference when, with you. Yeah, but on a, an independent level, when you're dealing with you know blowhards <laughs> and douchebaggery and just unprofessionalism right. and, and you know people that that are, are way more concerned about. Um, what people think of them mm-hmm. and actually making a good film, sure. you're going to get into all kinds of problems. And unfortunately, you know, and every business has those kind of people. And unfortunately, there's a lot of them in, in the entertainment industry because yeah. everybody who gets into it wants to be famous rather yeah. than. Or they want to be famous without the hard work, isn't that true? Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the dude, thanks part. a lot. Uh, no, I really pleasure, appreciate man. Thank you. Thank you so much you're for awesome, having dude. me. You're oh, awesome, dude. Shucks. You're, you're, one of my, you're one of my favorite local actors, seriously, oh, man. I love you, seeing man. you in everything that I do. Well, I will try to get into more things just for you. <laughs> yes, please do that. Just for just for the audience, just I for the would. one viewer. Man, I need to find work. Greg really wants to see me in <laughs> Greg this. Greg is a chosen for performance of mine. You and uh, Dam and Paul, uh, Paul Ferenkoff, Paul who was great. in a movie of mine. I don't know if oh, you know really? about no, that. Yeah, a short, that. a short film I did about five years ago. Wow. Yeah, maybe, I can, maybe I can... I would love to see you. Paul is awesome and a great guy to work with. And I, I really wish I had yeah. time to just... List everybody yeah, around all here. All the people that, that you is work fantastic with, yeah. and and they know who they are. Absolutely. Everybody that knows me. Cool. I mean, I'd like to give them a shout out, but you know, <laughs> we're out of time. So. Cool, man. Thing. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Greg, See for you having now. me. talk ryan thomas he's such a good guy man um we actually recorded two episodes together this weekend and uh hopefully i'll I'll post the uh the other one that we had uh in the future in the near future next week we got peter lev who is a professor from towson uh he is a very intelligent man he uh has written books he's very knowledgeable uh, he's had some great experiences in his life, and both Fernando and I are going to be uh, having an interview with him. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be epic. It's going to be really good. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, tune in, check it out. Um, again, Facebook.com/slash/debatablepodcast, debatablepodcast.tumblr.com, iTunes. Go over there and download there, or uh, leave us ratings. Even better, rate us. Uh, and of course, Rowan Lipson too. That's our host site. Anyway, I hope you had a good time. Hope you enjoyed today's program. I love you. I'll see you next week. The music on today's podcast was brought to you by MusicAlley.com. 
uh, go on over there, check them out. I have the uh, the bands and their songs on the show notes, along with links to their band pages on Music Alley. Uh, go check them out. If you uh, like the music, uh, download them. Support those artists. 